You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. gentlemen welcome to the debut episode of on to the next one the podcast here on mafighting.com thanks for checking us out wherever you find your favorite podcast i am mike heck hope you guys all had a great week we had three ufc events over an eight day span ufc 251 ufc on espn 13 and then saturday night's ufc fight island 2 event and before i introduce my tag team partner in this venture Allow me to briefly explain what this is and why it is happening. So since UFC 249, we've been doing a matchmaker column on the site following UFC events. It was called, aptly titled, On to the Next One. It's become a pretty popular segment on the site. And after UFC 251, we got together with the powers that be, came up with the concept of taking that matchmaker column and doing a podcast. So... That's what we're doing. So nice and simple, easy, ready to go. And joining me in this discussion each and every week is the one, the only, Alex Kaylee, AK. Exciting stuff here. The MH and the AK back at it, doing the damn thing. How are you, sir? Oh, hold on. Wait. Each each and every week. I thought this was like once every three months or something. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I need to. I got to look at my contract. I, I really got to look at my contract before I sign on for these things. I just kind of nod my head and just you know respond to whatever's going on in our in our company chat and. Uh, but I guess I'm here, and, and I'm happy to be here this week, certainly, and, and uh, I'll be happy to be here uh, in the future now that I know what's going on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, as you said, man, three shows in eight days. But, you know, the shows are pretty good. It kind of – I think so. I've seen a bunch of people say, and this is just kind of, I guess, how time is moving these days. But, like, that Wednesday card feels like it was two weeks ago or a month ago uh, when it was really just days ago. But, but again, that's kind of the quality, how, how, how the quality of the fights have been, the storylines coming out of some of these cards, again, which many, uh, several of which we'll discuss today. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a happy MMA fan, and I, I imagine quite a few people are right now. Yeah, we don't have a break from UFC action for a long, long time. So we have uh, lots of matches to make over the next several weeks. But for this particular show, not only will we be taking a look back at some of the potential matchups coming out of Saturday's event, But as AK sort of alluded to, we're also going to take a look at Wednesday night's card as well, which was UFC on ESPN 13. And that's where we're going to begin today, AK. The main event of that card was a a fun competitive matchup between Calvin Cater and Danny Gay. Cater was able to get the victory via unanimous decision. So let's start with the Boston finisher. Cater's been red hot since UFC 249, that finish of Jeremy Stevens. He takes this fight with Gay in a headliner spot, a guy ranked four spots below him at the time. A guy in Danny Gay who was coming in on a six-fight winning streak. It was a very risky fight for Calvin Cater, but the UFC did reward him with a main event and a new six-fight deal to boot. Cater gets it done, and now he's in a very interesting position in a very interesting division with Alexander Volkanovsky as the champion. We still don't have a clear-cut number one contender for the title right now. So, Alex, what's next for an important piece of the New England cartel? 
Mike, I am somewhat anticipating what you will say, so I, I am already prepared to sort of counter that. Uh, I don't think anyone would complain if uh, if it was announced at some point in the next couple of months that Cater was the next contender for the uh, featherweight title. But there's a lot of uh, certainly more recognizable names ahead of him, not necessarily more qualified. Uh, Cater has a solid resume at 145 pounds than anyone. So uh, if we're not going to give him the title shot, I think the reasonable thing to do uh, would be to have him face the uh, winner of a rumored but not official yet uh, Yair Rodriguez versus Zabit Magomed Sharapov bout. Uh, it's targeted for August 29th. We'll see. We'll see if that becomes official. Uh, I'm sure some people would think, well, why not Ortega uh, Korean Zombie? I'm on the record as saying uh, I just kind of want I want to see Zombie fight Volkanovski now. Uh, so I'd be happy with him skipping the Ortega fight. I know it's a really cool grudge match and, and a dream fight for a lot of people, but uh, it's not one's also not official yet. I'd be fine. I, I really want to see that style matchup of the Korean zombie, Chan Sung Jung, and uh, Alexander Volkanovsky. Because a lot of people are saying, oh, Volkanovsky's a point fighter, which I don't agree with. He certainly wouldn't be able to be one against zombie. I don't think so anyway. So for me, I'm saying for Cater, uh, Yair Rodriguez, Zabit Magomed, Sharapov winner, maybe get a, uh, you know get that revenge against uh, Zabit. For me, I'm going to say the one name in this discussion that wasn't said at all. I think the Max Holloway fight is the one to make. Because Holloway, you know, despite how you've scored the last two fights. He's lost his last two. He's lost three out of his last four. Controversial judging or not, I have a hard time believing that they're going to run that Volkanovski fight back a third time, at least not in the foreseeable future. And when you got guys, like you said, with Korean Zombie, Brian Ortega, which I actually think that should be the fight that's booked because we don't have a clear-cut guy. And then you got Sabid and Yair. There's only one guy left. So Cater has, has done the UFC many a favor over the last year and hasn't asked for much in return. I mean, getting the new deal comes with getting a main event fight, so it's not like, you know, it's nothing new there. But it's time for Calvin Cater and fans of the UFC to see how good this guy really is. Like, is he a guy that can fight for the belt right now? Or is he just an exciting guy that's going to be fighting top 10 fighters for the next couple of years? If he can beat Max Holloway, we have our answer. If he's competitive with Max Holloway, we still sort of have our answer, but if Max Holloway goes out there and just, you know, 50-45s him, then we kind of have our answer. But that to me is the fight to make. But on the flip yeah. side, AK. And I was going to say, and I don't, I don't think, I was going to say, and I don't think Cater would say no to that either, even though Holloway's technically on a, a two fight losing streak. Cater would love to fight a name like that. Because I think I would say the biggest name on his resume is Jeremy Stevens, I would say, yeah. as far as recognition. Uh, not necessarily uh, quality, because I think Dan Ige is his, maybe his best opponent, but. Uh, yeah, Stevens and Holloway is a big step up from that. So he definitely wouldn't say no, I think, to a Holloway matchup if it were proposed. Oh, absolutely. And then we have Dan Ige on the flip side who made a, a pretty good showing of himself on Wednesday night. He was competitive with Cater, but in the end, Gavin was just the bigger and, and more complete fighter at the end of the day. And I know there's a lot of people who are out there in, in Twitter land who are suggesting that Dan Ige dropped to 135 pounds. And if that's what he wants to do, great. I actually don't think... He's ever fought at 135, at least professionally. He's 28 years old, still a promising guy, about to reach his athletic prime. So to me, AK, I think Danny Gay versus Shane Burgos sounds like a hell of a good time to me. That works for me. Both guys coming off of losses against top 10 guys, looking to bounce back. That makes way too much sense. What say you? Uh, yeah, that was my number one name for sure. Style-wise, it's a good matchup, exciting fight. Uh, both guys fought within the same. What, that, again, that Burgos fight now feels like three months ago, but that must have just been what um, last month, I guess. Last month, yeah. 
Yeah, right. It feels like so long now. Everything, you know. But uh, yeah, first name that came to my head. Uh, not neither guy on like a big skid. You know, again, just coming off a loss in, in t- both in tough fights, right? Uh, so so they still have very 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 credible resumes. And uh, yeah, it would just be an entertaining one to watch. I'll throw out another name just for the sake of it. Uh, Cup Swanson. You know, I know he's dealing with an injury. Uh, but that's been a while now, and he's probably being being very picky with his fights at this stage of his career as well. But that's another fun one I'd like to see, and l- kind of like what we said for Cater, uh, you know, a good name, a good name that I'm sure Ige would be would want to test himself against. You know, Barbosa was a good name too, uh, so I- I'm sure he he wants to stay sort of in that top 15, top 20. And and I'd also like to see how much Cub Swanson has left um, as far as again being near the top of the ranking, uh, top 15 uh, in the rankings. Um, you know, I know he's not t- fighting for a title anytime soon, but he's still a fan fr- fan friendly guy. And uh, someone who you know has that has that uh, that reputation. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good matchup as well. And then we go to the feature, uh, the co-main event. Actually, Tim Elliott gets a decision win over Ryan Benoit. I did not score for Tim Elliott, just laying all my cards on the table. But I'm certainly not up in arms about it. And Elliott is such an exciting fighter, Alex. Win or lose, so there's really no wrong answer here, in my opinion. So, what would you like to see next for the awkward one coming out of Wednesday night's event? He's such a weird guy to book because people just look at his his UFC record and say, "Oh, five and nine. Like, why is this guy even still with the UFC?" Uh, you know, when he and, and it's not like he has a huge win over a top contender. But thing is, every time he's been in a fight with a with a recognizable name or top contender, he's always in it. I mean, he's he's so competitive. His grappling is just we we talk about this all the time when talking about Tim Elliott. His grappling and his scrambles are just almost second to none. He's so unpredictable, and you, on any given uh, night, any given round. He looks like a guy who's a world title contender. So you can kind of understand why he keeps sticking around. Uh, I'm going way outside the box, talking about awkward. <laughs> I kind of, and I will touch upon this more later, I guess, when we talk about uh, um, Saturday's card. I kind of want to see him fight Joseph Benavidez. Now, him and Benavidez are friends. Uh, uh, Benavidez, I think, was his coach on The Ultimate Fighter, and they fought before. And Benavides beat him, so there's a history there. But Elliot has said on more than one occasion that again, yeah, they're friends, but they would want. He wanted to. He thought uh, Benavides would beat Figueroa at some point, and they would get to fight for a world title. Obviously, that's not going to happen anytime soon. But I still think it would be a cool, a bucket list thing for both guys to to fight. You know, have a respectful fight. And also, uh, Benavides said after losing on Saturday that he wants to. He still wants to fight until he gets a win. So I think it would be a real honor for for Tim Elliott not to like do the job for him like like professional wrestling, <laughs> but to potentially be his last his friend's last opponent. And I think it's a very winnable fight for Benavidez as well. I mean, again, he already beat him, but I think it'd be a very winnable fight, a very classy fight. So I'm going way outside the box and, and saying, hey, maybe we see Benavidez and Elliott. Uh, though I'll say something different later. It'll make sense when I explain it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I like the idea. Like like I said, there's no wrong answer here. But if we're mm-hmm. going by meritocracy and why would we do that i guess i won't think outside of the box too much but i'd say maybe the winner of jordan espinoza versus david dvorak when that fight happens at ufc 253 i mean i'm good with that one tyson nam's fighting matt schnell soon Mm. maybe the winner of that fight again when you have a guy like like tim elliott who's just so exciting there is no wrong answer to this question in the uh featured bout of that card we saw jimmy rivera return after a year away picks up a much needed win over cody stamen and to me this all this is kind of a tough one because it all depends on when Jim, when Jimmy Rivera is ready to come back and fight again. Like if he wants to come back quick, maybe you do like a Song Yudong or something like that. But if he's willing to wait a little bit, say November December ish, I think a fight with Rob Fawn is 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 the one to make. Because Rob is hoping to 
get back by around that time. He's coming off that injury. He's coming off some, some surgery on his knee following the Ricky Simone fight. Both guys on full camps, two guys in the top 10. That works for me. So it all depends on how quickly Jimmy wants to come back. But if he doesn't want to come back to like the end of the year, I think Font's the fight to make. What do you think? Uh, I'll throw out a somewhat obvious name. Just again, this guy fought on Saturday and won Brett Johns. Uh, you know, he's coming up there style wise. It'd definitely be a little funky, kind of a kind of a striker versus grappler thing, though. The Rivera is pretty versatile, but definitely on paper, a striker versus grappler. Uh, but the real intriguing name I would want for Jimmy is and I, I'm, I'm actually really doing this, doing this for Aljo to clear the path for Aljo. So there's no no shenanigans. Uh, Jimmy Rivera, Cody Garbrandt. Uh, for some reason in my mind, I thought this had been booked before, or at least in talks, or maybe there was some trash talk that had come out. I'm not sure. Rivera's called out a lot of people. Yep. Uh, so I think that would be, again, good style matchup. I think Cody still needs another win before he gets a title shot. I really do not want to see him jump the line. Uh, and, and I like Cody Garbrandt. I say this because he should have the chance to build his name back up as opposed to keep getting thrown into these very, very tough title fights over and over again for a guy who's still so young in his career, uh, but has had so many ups and downs. It's really difficult. So I think Rivera's a win will fight for him and vice versa. I think Rivera could really make his name off of Garbrandt with a win. So uh, I kind of would favor a Cody Garbrandt matchup really just again. So we don't hear any more, any more of this Garbrandt yawn talk. Uh, give out Al- hashtag give Aljo the title shot, please. Long hashtag. Yeah, I, I don't want to see Garbrandt in there either. If you're going to give Garbrandt somebody up there, give him Marias. I, I think Marias recently said that he agreed to fight Cody in, in October or something like that. So I, I would be cool for that. But I think Rivera, you know, he's been out for a while. It wasn't like the, the greatest victory of his career over Cody Stamen. It was a good win, especially on such short notice. But I think uh, we, we, we build Rivera back a little bit slowly. Font's a good one. Even if you do Song Yudong, I'm, I'm cool with that as well. And uh, a little wrinkle we're going to put into this podcast, AK, AK is we're going to do for all these events. We're going to match make, you know, as you've just heard, the, the higher up fights from these cards. Plus, we're going to have a, a wild card pick from the fights that we don't really mention or, or give a lot of time to. So, AK... You're going to give the first wild card pick in the history of the show. So what is your matchmaking selection to put a bow on UFC on ESPN 13? Uh, two notes. My first choice would have been uh, Kamzat Shemaev, but uh, he booked himself a fight 10 days <laughs> He's fighting, he's fighting uh, this weekend uh, after fighting on Wednesday, a dominant performance against John Phillips where he was barely touched. So understandable, I guess. But holy crap, this guy's in a hurry. Eh? So uh, Kamza Chimaev is out of the question now. He, he is fighting uh, this Saturday against uh, Reese McKee uh, from Cage Warriors. So that's pretty nuts. And then uh, my other option, I was going to say Laurent Murphy because I think this is a guy who we keep sleeping on. And he's been very competitive featherweight so far. He just beat uh, Ricardo Hamos, is really, really good. Uh, and now is a uh, one one win, one draw in the UFC. So, but my pick actually would be uh, another Cage Warriors guy, uh, Modestus Bukowskis, who was expected to dominate in his debut, facing a short notice guy, uh, an Andreas Michalidis, and certainly did dominate. Uh, there's been a lot of buzz around this guy for a while. He's uh, a light heavyweight, which is division in need of fresh blood, big fight finisher. And I'm going to throw out, if, since sticking with the wild card theme, I'm throwing out a wild name. Whenever this guy's ready to come back, Gokan Saki. Oh. Gokan Saki. I think that's a good name for, for Bukaskis to get a win off of. Uh, I don't know how good Saki is at this point in his career. Again, we know he's strictly a striker. But I think that'd be really a really cool, uh, just a cool matchup on paper. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think it would be a, a good name for Modestus if he could beat Gokan Saki. Boost him up a little bit. Boost his stock up. But uh, for me, I, I feel like the theme, at least for these Fight Island events coming out of them should be, let's keep this train moving a little bit. We talked about this on the post-fight show on, on Saturday night. We're seeing some of these newcomers step up, 
and make names for themselves in their debuts. And one of which uh, on Wednesday night was was Munir Lazay or Lazez. I should probably get to learn his name a little bit more. But my wild card pick, and there's no need for any kind of an explanation because it doesn't warrant one because it's so much fun. You do Monier versus Nico Price. Let's go, AK. Let's go. That's the fight to make. At that welterweight division just that welterweight division just keeps adding exciting guys. Eh? It's like every other. I mean, all the a lot of the you know, everything welterweight and under. But I feel like it's welterweight that keeps adding these exciting strikers specifically. Uh, what a man! What a division! And and uh, yeah, what a win over Al Hassan, right? That was a good one. Big win. No, not a lot of people expected it. He's got a chin on him. It's going to be uh, an exciting fight. Him and Nico Price will just throw bombs, and we'll see what happens there. I love that fight. But uh, let's let's take a look at Saturday night's event. In the main event, Davis of Figueiredo became the UFC flyweight champion. Completely dominant performance. Puts Joseph Benavides to sleep via rear naked choke after dropping him three times in that in that first round. This guy is a monster, and he is a tough-o for anybody at 125. Also, he had a very short night, so his first title defense could come rather quickly here. So... What do you think should be that first title defense for the new champion? I think the right thing to do would be Alex Perez. It's really unfortunate that uh, Perez is, much like every other flyweight contender of the past, just isn't showcased properly. I think his last win over Juicy Formiga, I think, was the curtain jerker, was it not? Oh, no, it was... Oh, okay, third, I'm just looking it up. Yeah, third, it's early. Third fight, yeah, third fight uh, from, from on, the, on the early prelim. So not, not like, buried, but he, he's... He's one of those guys. He's an exciting fighter. He's a rising contender. How are you not featuring this guy more? Uh, and we said this, I think we, we've said the sentiment also about Alexander Pantoja, who fought uh, on Saturday. Um, so the right thing to do would be Alex Perez, but uh, I'm suddenly leaning a little more towards Askar Askarov. That win over Pantoja, I thought was so impressive. Um, he's now 2-0-1, I believe, in the UFC. So I think he's undefeated. He had that draw with the assassin baby, uh, Brandon Moreno. And and just from a skill set perspective, uh, you've seen him, uh, you've seen him sort of like how versatile he is and what a great opponent he would be. Um, I, I mean, look, he has even less name value than Alex Perez. I get that at this point. But I think I'd like to see Alex Perez be built up a little bit more, I guess is what I'm saying, and then have Askarov kind of kind of hot shot it to the belt. Just to, just to see, just to see what he has. Um, so I'm contradicting myself a little bit. But and again, recency bias, we just saw Askarov fight. So that's that's a huge part of it. So I, I'll lean towards Askarov for now. I'm going to go with Perez. And look, I, I think Moreno is is probably 1B in this discussion right now. And, and Askarov certainly has has a claim for it. But I think he's a guy that I would like to see him them build a little bit more too. But if they gave it to Moreno, I'm all for it because I think Brandon Moreno is going to be a champion at some point. I think Askarov actually needs another win so he could fight the odd man out. But this is a, a what, have, what have you done for me lately kind of a sport, AK. We talk about this all the time. Both Moreno and Perez fought the same guy in their most recent fights. Both guys defeated Juicier Formiga. Perez actually finished the fight in the first round. And Moreno got the decision. So give me Perez challenging for the title. And then you can run back Moreno versus Askarov since they fought to a draw. Even though I, I for sure thought Moreno won that fight. And I thought he got hosed big time. But I think you run that one back. Winner fights the winner of the title fight. And we have our you know our next few months in the flyweight division sort of laid out. Now, for Joseph Benavidez, he was obviously heartbroken after the loss. But as you said earlier, he's not done yet. He doesn't want to go out like that. And I think he needs as you sort of talked about the Tim Elliott matchup, to take a step back, take some time. So my pick for Joseph Benavidez, AK, Benavidez against the winner of Rogerio Bontarin and Manel Cape at UFC 253. <sighs> you got Bontarin, 
Number nine, Cape wins. He's got the resume, former champion with Ryzen. He's immediately a top 10 guy, and he becomes somebody like a, like a Yeri Prohashka that we don't need to slow roll him at all. We could just, you know, put him in a sink or swim type opportunity. So that's my pick, especially if Cape wins. Give him that big step up and see where he's at. Mike, you just saw Joseph Benavidez knocks down, an est- I would estimate, like, it, it, I'm, I mean, I'm exaggerating now, like 20 times in one round. Uh, you really want to throw him in there with those heavy hands of Manel Cape? That, that, Manel Cape is, that dude is a killer. That dude, and I, look, Joseph Benavidez is a grown-ass man, all right? We don't need to protect him. He's he's not the kind of guy that's going to ask for an easy fight in what, in what could potentially be his last fight. I understand that. But, you know, obviously I suggested the Elliot thing earlier because uh, Elliot's a grappler. I wouldn't expect him to have quite the concussive force as uh, Davison Figueredo, as we saw in that title fight. Uh, but my other option would be, and again, this is an easy thing to do because they fought on the same card, uh, Pantoja. You know, two yeah. guys theoretically coming off losses uh, of different weight. But certainly coming off losses, uh, another guy that he had somewhat of an interaction with on uh, on the Ultimate Fighter, uh, Pantoja was with Team Cejudo, not uh, not Team uh, Benavidez. But there's must be you know just a, a touch of history there. And again, I think it'd be a competitive fight, a good a good step uh, up for Pantoja. I think he needs to rebound from this Askar performance. It wasn't bad by any means, but uh, he was he was certainly outclassed. So uh, I, I would like to see what he has for Joseph Benavidez. If uh, so, if, if we're you know going to give Benavidez another tough fight next for what could potentially be his last fight. So yeah. To summarize, I think <laughs> I think Benavidez is right for Elliot, but I don't necessarily think Elliot is right for Benavidez. I think Pantoja would be a good fight for Benavidez. But again, you kind of mix those names together and you'll come up with something good. Again, when you're at 125 and you're, and you're talking guys like Benavidez, there's really no wrong answer. So it just depends what you want to do with them. If you want to try to potentially build up another contender, you could do that. But that's very t- difficult to do against a guy like Benavidez. So there you have it. Co-main event, Jack Hermanson submits Kelvin Gaslam a little over a minute. It's beautifully done. Jack said, sort of laid out the the way he wants to do this all. He wants the winner jobs. of Whitaker versus jobs, Mike. I I disagree with him. Ak, he wants the he wants the winner of, of Whitaker versus Till, and that makes a lot of sense with Cannonier being there and Adesanya getting ready to fight Paulo Costa. But if Darren Till goes in there next weekend and steamrolls Robert Whitaker, which is not easy to do, but if he goes out there and finishes Robert Whitaker. All bets are off. Till is white hot. His social media game is unbelievable. I think he dr- he jumps Cannon Air in the queue as well if he finishes Robert Whitaker. So it depends solely on how that fight plays out. And if that does happen and Darren Till finishes Robert Whitaker, you could still do Hermansa versus Whitaker. But that's where I'm at. What do you think? So I'm so, so sorry, Mike. I want I want to. So you think uh, that he doesn't get the winner of Till Whitaker? You think if Till wins, then Hermansa just might be out of the equation? I think for now, for, for now. It, it all depends on what happens. Like if t- if, mm. if Till wins How a decision, stuck. then yeah. yes, that's the fight to make. If Whitaker wins a decision, yeah, that's the fight to make. But if Till goes out there and smashes Robert Whitaker and finishes him in the first or second round, Till's getting the next title shot. Yeah, I'm also you're right. I'm also going to disagree with Hermanson, if only because guess guess what, Joker? It's not easy to do our jobs, okay? <laughs> I know you think, oh, I can just do it post <laughs> after after beating a top five middleweight in the world, you can just go out there and do a live interview and and do this incredible bit of matchmaking right on the spot. No, it doesn't work that way. All right, this requires a lot of research. It takes a lot of time to do what we do. We, we're in the lab. We're mixing up names, mixing up matches. <laughs> so. 
uh, someone, someone on Twitter said to us, Mike, like, wow, that took him 20 seconds. How long is it going to take you guys to do that? And I'm just like, oh, you, oh, you smart asses on, on the Internet. I think you're so cool. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, I like in fairness, he is right. I do like the idea of him facing the Till Whitaker winner. And then he, and then he even said, oh, Jared Cannonier is ahead of me. So Jared Cannonier would face the Edison Costa winner. And then he would face the Edison Costa winner, who he expects to be Costa. He said he thinks Paulo Costa will, will defeat uh, Israel Edison. So that was an interesting part of, uh, of uh, his post-fight comments. But uh, yeah, if not that, like you said, uh, you know, we have this matchup with Edmund Shabazian and Derek Brunson coming up on August 1st. And uh, certainly the winner of that matchup would be a good, a good next opponent for Hermanson. I agree. We got uh, another potential breakout guy in, in Rafael Fazeev. He looked tremendous in his fight of the night win over Mark Chikasi. The defense, the offense, the whole nine. He was absolutely outstanding. And he's in line for a step up in competition. So what do you do with him after that great performance on Saturday? The guy, gosh, he he put on the kind of performance that like your it it makes your imagination run wild. The potential <laughs> matchups. Uh, we talked a bit a little bit last night on the preview show, and, and this is the first thing that came to my mind, and it's kind of stuck with me now. I do I would like to see uh, Fiziev and Kama Worthy. I think that'd be a really fun matchup. Uh, I, I'm not sure if Kama's striking is on the level of of Fiziev, but again, that's why I'd want to put him in there and find out because Kama's a super exciting prospect, and uh, I'd, I'd love to see how he matches up with uh, with a more experienced kickboxer, uh, Muay Thai kickboxer. There's a lot of fun options for that guy. And Jacasey, you know, we usually, when we look at the UFC rankings, you only see the top 15 guys. But I would I would have put Jacasey probably top 25, top 30 guy at 155 pounds. I think that's fair. So his, his next fight should be in that top 20 to 25 range. So I would go with maybe a fight with Bobby Green because that would just be a blast to watch. Or if you want to test him in, in a different way, kind of like what you did with Jacasey when he was running off his wins early on in his career. Match him up with a guy like Drakkar Close, because I think that sounds like a good test. Drakkar can bang. You saw that fight with uh, Benil Dariush. Drakkar's not afraid to, to throw leather, but he could test Fazeev in the, in the wrestling department, too, to see where he stands there. So either of those two guys make sense for me, but I don't really care. I just want to see Fazeev fight anybody <laughs> our at this own, point. Our own, uh, our own Jose Youngs had also had a very strong suggestion, uh, Lando Venata. So uh, Jose and I are just want to see him just do more striking. Mike, you actually want to see him tested as a prospect, which is like, eh, whatever. But uh, no, we just want to see uh, Jose and I just, just want to see more fun uh, Matrix moves. Yeah, I still think we'll see them either way. But uh, <laughs> True. finally, AK, the wild card selection from this card featuring one of the combatants that we did not mention from Saturday night's event. Well, I, I mean, the first thing that came to my mind had to be Ariane Lipsky. That, that knee bar was disgusting. Uh, and uh, hopefully will be you know edited out of future replays because it was absolutely not not for children to watch. Uh, but she looked incredible. She came into the UFC with a lot of buzz and then faced some very tough competition. So that but you know we know how MMA is. You lose those fights, boom, that buzz goes away. And it's not like she lost like super exciting decisions. It was like they were competitive fights, but not particularly memorable. So she really needed something. She won. She beat Isabella de Padua, which was again a solid performance, but not quite what people were expecting from the the, the violence queen. And then she does that knee bar against uh, uh, last night against um, oh my gosh against Dread. I'm sorry, her her name is escaping me at the moment. Luana, uh, Luana Carolina. Luana Carolina. Thank you. And um, and it has that reputation back. So I want to see her fight another sort of young fighter on the rise, Sabina Mazo, uh, former LFA champion. I like that. I mean, you could be boring and look upwards and go like ah, oh, Montana De La Rosa, Jillian Robertson, but no, let's go with another up and comer, someone who I think is gonna gonna help her put on a potential fight of the night performance. Sabina Mazo, let's let it rip. I think, for me, 
one of the you have to agree with this like everybody does at this point one of the biggest stars to come out of that event if not the biggest star was Armand Sarukian everyone mm. singing his praises throughout that great performance against Davi Hamos and I'm not ready to shoot him into the top 15 just yet although people are clamoring for it he's very close I say AK and I don't know if you're gonna like this or not but I say we give him another step up against another wily veteran who is bred for these types of situations, a man who loves to derail hype trains right in their tracks. You're shaking your head, but I don't care. Sh- they can't see me. I'm shaking my head right now because I know what's coming. My wild card pick, Armand Sarukian versus Jim freaking Miller. And oh. I wanted Miller versus Alexander Hernandez, but forget that. Now <laughs> I want Miller against this 23-year-old phenom. It's a win-win because Miller is so popular. If he loses, he gets that Mazadal. He's a G for taking a fight like this, Rub. And if he wins, this guy is a prospect-killing man-beast. Sarukian, either way, is going to gain so much experience from that fight, whether he wins or whether he loses. I want that fight shot right into my veins, AK. If people heard that noise, that was me shifting uncomfortably in my seat at that suggestion. <laughs> uh, well, first, I thought you were going to say Cowboy Cerrone because uh, no, Cowboy no, no, turned no. to 55, and I was like, that's insane. But I'm almost more disturbed by your Why? gym noise. This is three UFC fights versus 35 UFC fights. Oh, but it was cool for Roosevelt Roberts to fight Jim Miller. I think he had, what, I one extra did, fight? I did not say I approved of that such matchmaking either, <laughs> you know? Uh uh, yeah, certainly on. You know, I mean, you, now that you've now that you've spoken it into existence, I am intrigued. I will not lie. Uh, it's, it's stylistically a, a very good fight, uh, and I and I think a very winnable fight for Sarukian. If I'm being honest, I think there's there's an athleticism gap there, and I think his wrestling is at such a high level that uh, man, I, I can I can see him being competitive with almost anyone in the division at this point. That's how that's how high I think we are off of that win uh, on Saturday night. So. Uh, I'm not against it. I'm just, I'm just didn't see it coming. I'm, I apologize to everyone if I was rendered speechless and uh, and and <laughs> just rocked there by uh, Mike's suggestion. I just didn't see it coming. That's why it's called the wild card. So there wow. you have it, the inaugural wow. edition of On to what the Next a way One. To end the show. Wow. Yes, On to the Next One, the podcast. Episode one is in the books. AK, any final thoughts before we we say goodbye here? I don't have any final thoughts after that bold <laughs> matchmaking decision. By Mike, uh, watch, watch, Mike, watch, uh, watch. What the heck later this week? I guess. If you want more of that, if you want more of that sauce, watch what the heck later this week and tune in every week of that show because it's too much for me. I'll tell you that much. There you go. And we got between wow. the links coming up too. AK, you get your first title defense, which I just thought of two seconds ago. Too much chaos. I got to recover for tomorrow. <laughs> I don't even have an opponent for you yet, so I have to go scour the the landscapes of MMA media to try to find you a challenger. But uh, as far as this show goes, it's going to happen every week on this network. It's podcast only, so subscribe to wherever you're listening to this here page, and you'll get to hear it on the site page where it's located as well. I want you to leave your thoughts and comments. Hit us up on the Twitter. AK is at Alexander K. Lee. I am at Mike Heck underscore JR. And we are out of here. Have a wonderful week. Stick with us for coverage for this coming Saturday night's event. What a card that is. 15 fights headlined by Robert Whitaker versus Darren Till in one heck of a main event. For Alex K. Lee, I am Mike Heck. And listen, we are just a couple of fantasy matchmakers trying to make dreams come true for fight fans around the world we'll see you next week right here on on to the next one the podcast you're listening to the vox media podcast network more to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder 
But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.